0: hallelujah Lord hallelujah we praise you King Jesus we give you the highest praise Lord you are worthy King Jesus i in my own right in my own standing before you now I give you praise because you are King of Kings you are Lord of Lords and you saved my life you rescued my life from the pit you saved me when I was 20 years old you brought me out of darkness into your glorious light you set my feet upon a rock and you've saved me you healed my body you forgave all of my iniquity you turned my life around you gave me a hope and a future you gave me purpose and life life abundant you gave me joy you gave me a high like I've never experienced in my life We praise you, Lord. I give you praise this evening. I give you praise for who you are because you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy of it all. You're so worthy, King Jesus. I just give you glory tonight, Lord. We give you glory. Just in your own words, just just give him praise. Give him thanks for what he has done in your life. This isn't a performance, guys. I'm not going to pretend to do some fancy presentation tonight. This is, this is between you and Jesus, between you and your creator, between me and my God. Give him the honor that's due his name. If he has done something in your life, give him thanks. We thank him for what he has done. We give him praise for who he is. And we respond to him in worship by giving ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. I offer myself to you again and again and again, Lord Jesus, that you would inhabit my praises, that you would inhabit my body as your temple, that you would let your kingdom, your rule, and your reign come and extend over and over, deeper and deeper in my life and through my life. Come and have your way, Jesus. This is not a one-time prayer. This is a daily lifestyle prayer that we live out. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We give ourselves to you. If you don't do anything else tonight in this room, surrender yourself to him. Say, Jesus, I want you to be the center of my life. Without you, I'm hopeless. Without you, I'm empty and I'm only trying to fill that hole, fill that vacuum with stuff that doesn't satisfy. Fill my life, open up my heart, come in, satisfy my spirit, satisfy my innermost being with your goodness, with your life. My life was made and created to be filled by you. I was designed to inhabit your presence to carry your presence, to host you as I walk through this life. We were made to carry you into the earth, to walk with you in a relationship, Jesus, to walk with you and to know you and to extend your kingdom in all the earth, that the kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus would be brought into this earth and destroy the works of the devil. We're not devil focused, Lord. We are, we are focused on you. We respond to you. We respond to you tonight. We are standing on holy ground. I saw it in my spirit as we were worshiping tonight just the gold presence of God going into the floor and just spreading across this whole room. Everyone standing in this room is standing on holy ground as we are in his presence. We respond we just respond we just yield ourselves to you we bow down before you lord we say you are holy god you are holy lord just take a moment guys just just do business between you and the lord i'll just do business with him over the speakers you can agree and take, take what I pray for yourself. Just take time and do business with Him. Lord, we just receive. God, we need you. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need more of you, God. I've tasted and I've seen, but what I have is not enough. I need more, and I know there is more. The train of your robe fills the temple. It keeps coming and coming and coming. And so I'm asking you tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would fill me, fill this temple. Fill these temples with your presence. Shake us, Lord. Shake us so that the things that are not of your kingdom would fall off and the things of your kingdom would remain. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Let your kingdom come now in this room. Philippians chapter 2 says, He existed in the form of God. This is speaking of Jesus. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. God became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. Make us like you, Jesus. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. This is your choice, church. We bow at the name of Jesus because you are the supreme authority over my life and over our lives. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm and in the demonic realm every tongue will proclaim in every language jesus christ is lord yahweh jesus christ is lord yahweh bringing glory and honor to god his father respond to you tonight jesus there's no big agenda we just want to know you more we want to be intimate with you we want to leave this place refreshed reinvigorated filled up and overflowing we want to encourage one another strengthen one another we want to build relationships in this place relationships that can go from this place and throughout the week, Monday through Saturday. Thank you, God. Thank you for this this holy huddle that we can take part in now. with us and the fans. Hopefully you're feeling a little bit of breeze. I just believe, I trust God will bless you for your sacrifice of just being willing to come here just to be in his presence, to worship him. I know it isn't for me. You don't come to hear my preach because it's not that great. I do my best, I try. But I do go too long most of the time. I, do, I just want to thank you guys. I just want to give you, I want to honor you. I just want to speak blessing. Just, you know, maybe just stick your hands out in front of you right now. I just want to, I want to pray blessing over each one of you. I just, God, I just release life and health and strength over each person in this room, every, over every son and daughter in this room. I just bless them in the name of Jesus. God, I say give them more in their walk with you than they ever experienced, that they've ever thought they would ask or imagine for, that you would encounter them in the quiet place during the week, in their quiet time as they open up the word of God, as they worship you on their own. God, I pray for supernatural strength and health, kingdom health in everybody in this room you would protect everybody in this room from any kind of sickness, any kind of disease, cancer, COVID, any of that stuff that does not come from you, God. And I just declare protection and a holy shield, the fire of God over you and inside of you to protect your body. The spirit who is inside of you, according to Romans 8, releases life to your mortal body, releases Zoe life into your So we just bless that, and I just call forth that life inside of you, and I just say, Holy Spirit, fill and flood and overflow each person in this room. Thank you, Lord. We just give you praise, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Well, that was a sudden stop in the tranquility of that music. Amen, guys. I don't know about you guys, but I just love this artwork that that our our sister barbara created on her her device and i asked her if i could use it it's just powerful you know i don't know if you're like questioning why would you have a lion doesn't the devil roar walk around like a a, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour he's he roars around like a lion so he's got a big bark but he's just this he's just this little weenie of a demon you know i mean no i shouldn't i shouldn't minimize him too much but Compared to God, Satan is nothing. The demonic realm is nothing. Jesus Christ has conquered it all. And Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the roaring lion who roars in the face of the enemy and causes all of our enemies, all all of the spiritual forces of darkness that that we shouldn't focus on, but we should be aware of that they're in this world. We don't want to be, you know, Uh, ignorant of the enemy and his tactics. We want to be aware but not focused on the enemy. But the roar of Jesus over your life is your protection. As you surrender and yield yourself to him on a daily basis, as you choose to just acknowledge him as king and lord of your life, he unfurls his, his name like a banner over you and I'll, I'll even clarify that, even the days when you wake up and you don't, you don't think of him immediately, maybe you go throughout the whole day, he's faithful. He's faithful and true, and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never remove his covering over you. The only opportunity we have to mess it up is when we choose to go out from under his blessing and disobey. But he is is faithful and just to forgive us when we quickly get up. And that's the key, is quickly get up when you screw up. Quickly get back up and run under him. Run under his umbrella. You know, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. So he won't won't leave you and cause you to be unsaved because you mess up. Many of us as new Christians, we get caught up in that throughout our, our younger Christian life. We're like well, I know I asked Jesus into my life and I, I know I'm saved, but then I, I sinned the other night, so I need to ask him to come into my life again. Actually, you know, the Bible says he will never leave you or forsake you. He He remains with you. He's, he's patient with you. He's, he's kind, he's loving, but he doesn't want to leave you in your shame and in your guilt and condemnation. Jesus lifts us up out of condemnation. Romans 8 says... In Jesus Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. So condemnation is not your inheritance. Shame and guilt is not your portion. Your portion is a double portion of his presence. According to Isaiah, I think it's 60 or 61, I always get the two mixed up. Instead of shame, a double portion. And that's the Old Testament standard. The New Testament standard, that is the bare minimum. A double portion a double portion of him. So he wants to give you himself. He wants to surround you and flood you and fill you up with himself. He is your shield. He is your great reward. He is he's my everything. Yeah, I am I'm a husband to this hot lady. and she's like hot right now too, to the touch. She might need to go stand in front of a fan. She's just this beautiful lady. You know, I'm a dad to these awesome, beautiful children in the room. At least five of them. Some of them aren't mine. Well, one of them might be an in-law someday, so I'll, I'll consider you one of my own. Um, you know, where was I going with that? I have no idea. Oh, because he's my everything. You know, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm a mailman. I'm a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats in life. But more than anything else, you know, I belong to him. I'm a son. He, he saved me. He adopted me when I was 20 years old. And now I'm 53. Uh, it's been a long time. What? I'm old? I know. Shh, don't rub it in. I try not to think about that too much. So I'm just kind of going off on a just, a, just trying to go with the flow of the spirit right now. And hope you guys are doing okay. <clears throat> if you need to grab some water, we have nice cold water in the tap over there. Um, we won't mind if you get up to get some water restrooms are over there if you need to make a quick exit stage right you guys good okay Tammy you want to preach as I was saying Jesus Jesus is my everything you know if it wasn't for him coming into my life you would not know me today you would not recognize me I was a different person that guy that 20-year-old Scott Alcorn who surrendered his life to Jesus in my living room uh, with a friend who led me in a prayer. Um, That guy died that day. The old me was crucified with Christ. When I gave my life to him and when you gave your life to him, you became crucified with Christ. That is your marriage union to the Lord Jesus. When you say, Jesus, I want to give you my life, you're saying to him, I want to come to you on the cross And allow my life to be nailed dead in your death and I will identify my life at this point on as being buried with you in the grave and resurrected into a new life with your resurrection life he has resurrection life for each one of us in this room on a daily basis he wants to dispense his resurrection power the Bible says it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead that is living inside of you and me. That is supernatural resurrection power. It is life giving. You know, I felt like um, I came here earlier today, and just I needed to just hear from God. I, you know, put some stuff together, and I felt like what He wanted to impart to us this evening is. You know, we talk a lot about identity in this place. We talk a lot about who you are in Christ and who God is for you and in you and how he moves and works through us and stuff. I felt like he wants to give you and I a a fresh measure, a fresh measure of authority, a fresh measure of dominion. What do I mean by that? Let's just take a look at a couple of scriptures. Tammy, just rip this out of my hand, I don't know. I just want to keep staring at the the lion that's blazing like fire. That's good. You got to keep making that stuff. All right. And then I'm always curious to see what Isabel was painting earlier because she paints some pretty awesome stuff too. By the way, if you come into this place and this is your home and you want to, uh, if you feel like your part of your worship is expressing yourself through creativity and painting, we have another easel. So if anyone ever wants to uh, get set up and doing some painting in the spirit. Um, we can get you hooked up with that Tammy or Isabel can kind of help square that away and prepare that also if you just love to worship the Lord with dance and flagging there's flags we always have that available there's no, no embarrassment no shame um, no one's going to stare at you and like you know I mean look Ed goes back there and he waves the flags too and he's a manly man manly man yes that's right that's awesome Hey, even at Bethel Church, you know, which we uh, take a lot of our our DNA from that house, that's our stream, I would say, um, they f- have guys and girls flagging, and they have people that do some pretty wild dance, kind of like ex- interpretive dance or expressive, I don't know what you call it, interpretive, Now that's something, Emmy's like, that's really strange, because she's got a picture coming to mind right now. So... I just felt like God wants to teach us a little bit, Um, not that you don't already know this, but he wants to help us grow in our ability to take dominion. So Deuteronomy, I used to hate the name of that book because it sounds like you're saying Deuteronomy, but it's Deuteronomy, it's this old Hebrew word, I have no idea what it means, probably should have looked it up, there you go, but that's not what this book is about. Deuteronomy 28, 13, in the Amplified Version. So I loved this version of it when I looked it up earlier. The Lord will make you leader. He will make you the head, the leader, and not the tail or a follower. So I'll just pause right there. I want to speak this over our young people especially, but over all of us. You were in God's heart from the beginning that you would be a leader, that you would be the head, not the tail, that you would be a leader leader not a follower. God has graced each one of you and me, each one of us, with, with his heart and his will that we would rule and reign in life, that we would lead and not just follow, that we would be empowered sons and daughters of God, that we would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in relationship with the Father, uh, filling ourselves with the word of God and doing the will of God. So, you are the head, not the tail. You will be above, and you will not be beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them carefully. Now, I want to just say real quick, you know, our walk with Jesus, our salvation, I should say, your receiving the free gift of salvation is a free gift. You cannot earn it by obeying commands. Would everyone agree with that? Amen, pastor. Amen, Scott. Okay, I'll just say it from, amen, man. I'll amen myself. I can't earn it. I didn't earn it. When I said Jesus coming to my life, I could not clean up my life enough to get him to save me. It's a free gift. It's righteousness by faith. And when you put your faith in Jesus, he credits to you, he credits to your bank account 100% pure, full righteousness not a righteousness of your own, not self-righteousness. We all know what self-righteousness looks like. It looks like a dead body with makeup on it, okay? You can't put makeup on the corpse and make it look righteous. It just doesn't work. It looks fake. It looks like it needs to be buried soon. The righteousness of Christ that is, that is imputed to you and me, that is transferred to your account, is a free gift. It's ours. He declares you holy while you're in the process in this life of being made holy. So it's something that you and I have to renew our noodle with. We got we to gotta get it into the, into the bowl of macaroni here inside of your skull, in these noodles, in your brain. We got to renew our thinking with this truth that I am already made holy. I'm already righteous through the blood of Christ. He has, he has transferred it to my account but I'm in process at the same time. I get to walk it out. I get to walk in it. I get to allow what's in my account be released into my possession. We talked about this on Wednesday night, didn't we? What you have in your account is one thing. What you have in your possession is something else. And God is teaching us how to pull from our account into our possession so that we might use and spend what is in our account. That's another topic though. So, where was I going with that? I have no idea. But let's just look at another awesome scripture. Romans chapter 15. You want to read it, Tammy? They're probably tired of my voice.
1: Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? Enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah.
0: So I I don't know how God does this, but everything I was just saying, he just backed it up with that verse, and I wasn't planning that to come out that way. So thank you, Holy Spirit. But I just want to point this out again, guys. You know, So we know that death came to the whole human race through Adam, right? When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, you and I were there with him in the garden. We were the seed inside of him inside of him and Eve. I know, this is like a biology lesson again. Okay, okay. She's, my hot lady's gonna be so smoking hot. That's why I want to be cremated when I die, because that's my last chance to have a smoking hot body, right? Okay, I stole that joke from somebody else. You guys need to loosen up a little bit, especially you young people, laugh a little bit. Even if you're like snickering between yourselves and just pretend you're laughing at something I'm saying. That's what Laura does. <clears throat> so... So, so because, of, because of Adam, by the blunder, you know, he blundered, okay? Yeah, we have to give him a little bit of respect. He was the first Adam. He's the first human being on this planet. And he blundered. You probably would have done it too. In fact, God already knew he was going to do it. He had a plan in place. And because of Adam, death reigned. Death ruled. Death had authority over the whole entire human race, over humanity. But now, right now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace? This free gift of grace, this free gift of righteousness is what you and I need to be planted firmly in. You need to be so convinced in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the righteousness and grace from him, not what you try to earn because you can't earn it. you got to tell yourself that over and over. You start to try. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to not try to earn your grace and earn your righteousness, Help me just to rest in it. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews talks a lot, especially in chapters uh, three and four, about entering into the into the rest. Israel didn't enter into his rest because they didn't combine their experience with God with faith. They tried to earn it. They tried to earn his righteousness or favor. But God has given you and I the ability to enter into rest. Rest securely in the finished work of the cross Jesus Christ our big brother our king and our brother has paid the price for you and I to come to a place of rest with God that we would not just accept it and then live however we want and stay gross and sinful and do nasty stuff like we used to when we weren't Christians but to grow in the grace of God that the grace of God would be like the pot the potting soil that you stick a plant in and you would nourish yourself in the nourishments of everything God has provided for you, that you would trust him and yield to him in a relationship where you just pull your nourishment from him. Everything he's given you, all of his promises, all of his promises are like the soil for you to pull from into your, into your life, into your body, into your own uh, sphere of influence, into your family, into your marriage into your children, into your workplace. He's given us everything. And that is another reason, guys, why we just need to be thankful. We need to give thanks. We need to be full of praise continually because God is so good. He's so good. Oh, okay. I I can't hear a whole lot with the fans, so it's probably good. So, so yeah... Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not distracted or anything. So, but there is a place for obedience. There is a place for us to say yes to God. Titus, somewhere in Titus, it's only three chapters long, it says that the, the grace of God teaches us. It teaches us to say yes to the things of God and no to the things of unrighteousness or sin. So God's grace isn't there as a license to drive down the freeway at 110 miles an hour when that's breaking the law. I won't look at anybody. The grace of God is not a license to sin, but it is there for you to land in when you do fall. But the grace of God also doesn't just it's not just a waterbed for you to fall into sin and just float on and stay in sin. It's actually more like a trampoline. That's a good picture. We just got a trampoline last week and kids are starting to enjoy that a little bit. The grace of God is kind of like a trampoline. You fall down, but you bounce back up. That's the heart of God is that you bounce back up because who you truly are in Christ is not a sinner. Your new identity in Christ is not a sinner you are now a saint, a child of God, a son or daughter of God. That is who you are. That is who Jesus paid the highest price on the cross for you and I to become. That's just the beginning. You're also a priest. You're a minister of the gospel. You are an ambassador of a kingdom that is not of this world. You get to represent the kingdom that you are actual, an actual citizen of, the kingdom that is yet to come in its fullness but has come in a, in a measure now as the Holy Spirit has come into your life. That is the measure that you have of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. So that means when the Holy Spirit is in you and filling you, the kingdom, the, the rule and reign of Christ is expanding, which should look like more and more obedience to Jesus saying yes to him and less and less saying yes to the stuff. If you know the stuff, you know the thing stuff. Emily, just said, I get it, Dad, but you're just being silly right now. Anyway, okay, so you guys okay? I was getting really quiet here. Maybe I should take a seat and just sit down. And Okay, I'm watching the clock, I promise. Here's a little Bill Johnson quote that I pulled from today. This was uh, from our school stuff that we're doing. We're doing a class. We're just over halfway through. We're week number six this week, six, seven, and eight is all we got left, three more Wednesdays. Bill said that you and I, as believers, we can only release the benefit of God's rule flowing out of us to the degree that his rule is over us. So I can't go around picking splinters out of people's eyes when I've got a freaking telephone pole. In my, I sh, is that bad to say that? I said freaking, like freaking out. You know, I, I shouldn't have a, a freaky, weird telephone pole sticking out of my own eye but I'm trying to go around fixing everyone else's little splinters. Does that make sense? In the same way, to the measure that I have submitted my life under the authority of Jesus, under his kingdom and rule, that's how much authority I have to extend his rule. I can't go around telling people, well, you shouldn't do it anyway, telling people to clean up their lives because that's not how we win people to Jesus. You don't tell a fish to go clean itself and then hop in the boat so we can eat it. You know, so, we're to go fish people. We're to fish men, fish women and men out of the water, capture them for Jesus. And he will clean them. So, he does the work of, of sanctification, he does the work of regeneration inside of us. Does that mean we don't take any part at all? No, the Bible does say that we should speak to one another. Um, we should speak into each other's lives in love, we should speak the truth in love. And i got to emphasize over and over and over in love. Just a side note, one of our philosophies of this church and of our stream is that when, when we do feel like we need to confront a brother or sister in Christ, number one, it should hurt you more than it should hurt them to have to go do it. It should be more uncomfortable for you than, than it should be for you to, to go speak the truth to them. That's just a good thing. Does it really bother you or do you just feel so high and mighty that you're ready to go up on your horse and look down on that peasant sinner brother of yours and pick out the splinter out of their eye? No, we need to humbly come to one another. And number two in our culture, in in our church culture, our heart is that we would speak, that we would look for the gold in each other. See, you would be happy with me or I would actually be happy with you guys if you wanted to confront something you see in my life if you if you came to me in love and you you know there's gold inside of me but you know that you got to like touch the dirt a little bit and move it brush the dirt aside and say "I, I see what's really in you but that dirt's kind of making it hard to see it does that make sense so same with me if I was to say something to you I would want you to know before I say anything if I was going to touch your dirt which we all have a little dirt okay go look in the mirror you'll find some promise you look in the mirror of the word of God and you'll find it it'll definitely show you where the dirt's at you won't mind me touching your dirt a little bit if you know I'm after the gold so anyway just just putting that aside that's just a side note that's part of our culture Um, there is a place where we speak to one another we speak truth we call the gold out of each other we, we want accountability. I want accountability. I don't want to just run like a wild Christian and doing my own stuff and no one ever saying, hey, whoa, dude, you're getting a little bit out of control there with whatever. Okay, so we can only release the benefit of God's rule flowing out of us to the, to the degree that his rule is over us. God does not release his kingdom authority to and through rebels. good word, right? That's Bill Johnson. You guys can say amen, Bill. You're all just like, man, it's hot in here. Would you wrap it up? All right, I'll go a little further. How much time how much many more minutes should I go? It's 7 7:24. 5 more minutes? She's so cooking right now. She's just like, "Get it over with. Get it over with." She's manifesting. She's feeling the flames of hell licking her heels right now. She's just like, "I'm cooking." You want the keys? You can go sit in the car and turn the AC on. Are you guys doing okay too? Are you hot? You cooking? You can just say to your neighbor, you're hot, aren't you? Okay. We'll, we'll go a little further. Let's see how far I can go here. I'll I'll, I'll try to cut it off at 7.30. Is that good? Okay. You know, so just before I continue on with this scripture, what I felt like God was saying was that just to, to go into his heart for you and I to, to take dominion, take, take rulership in our life, in our sphere. God is, is a, a king. Our God is a king. He rules and reigns. He makes all of his enemies a footstool for his feet. That's what the Bible says. And it also says the God of peace, he's a God of peace, but the God of peace is soon going to crush Satan under your feet and under my feet. So there is a battle. He is a mighty God. He is a triumphant warrior. He has already won the victory. The battle has been won on the cross. And he is inviting you and me to come up from this realm of earthly living and learn how to rule and reign in life from heaven's perspective on life, seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That is is what he's given us. But... But learning how to walk in that, takes, it takes time to, to learn and to really meditate on that truth and to renew your thinking, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, be renewed in the spirit of your mind with the truth of God's word, what God is saying about you and life and how to rule and reign in it. So let's look real quick here at Genesis 1, 27 and 28. If you're not sure about this whole ruling and reigning thing, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. How many of you know that there were spiritual forces of wickedness on the planet when Adam and Eve were in the garden. Yeah, there's one that we do know about, and that's the serpent, the devil, in the form of a snake, in the garden, ready just to to lie and tempt Adam and Eve to disobey God. Because the devil knew that God had given them this command. He had given them authority over the planet to do what? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So imagine what was in the heart of God when he breathed his breath into Adam and formed him out of the, the dust of the earth and then put him back to sleep and pulled a rib out of his side and made another human being this this woman who would be his partner, his his life wife, his partner in his lifetime. Imagine what was in the mind and the heart of God as he created Adam and Eve in his own image and in his own likeness, breathed life into them and gave them this commission to rule and reign over the earth, to extend the borders of the garden over the entire planet, knowing that a third of the angels, a third of the angels that were in heaven were cast out of heaven with Satan. According to Revelations 12 verses 4, His tail, speaking of the devil, Lucifer, his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. And that's referring to Jesus being born, how the devil wanted to destroy Jesus before he even was able to take his first steps. But Satan took a third of the angels from heaven with him when God cast him out of heaven. And Jesus said, uh, I don't think I have that scripture. But Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Pew! Jesus was there. He watched it happen. He watched the enemy being cast out of heaven to the earth. And he took a third of the angels with him. So he's, he's not a stupid demon. He's pretty smart. He's crafty. He's crafty. He's sneaky. But what did Jesus come to do? What, did, what's, what was God's plan? What was God's heart in the garden and all the way up to today? 1 John 3 8 says, The one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo the, and destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came to undo and destroy the works of the devil. This planet is under siege. Jesus has already won all authority in heaven and on earth. Through his death on the cross, he received all authority in heaven and on earth. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He is master of this planet but we are waiting we are in process of seeing the kingdom the rule and reign of god of jesus christ come to the earth in all of its fullness until it does he has given you and i a task as as representatives as sons and daughters of god we have been given royal authority jesus has passed his authority on to you and i what's that authority for is it just so that we can have a good christian clean life and have a nice house with a white picket fence and a car in the driveway and all of our children are you know safe and plain or is there more to it is, is there more than just having the the ideal American dream Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan and you and I have been given his authority he has he has what's the word I'm looking for he has imputed he has transferred he has given you and I his authority, because we belong to him. We are in him. Our lives are united with him in his spirit. And so Jesus said, he came to, he came, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And there was a footnote I added there. There's a sentence found in the Aramaic that is missing in all but one Greek manuscript, which reads, as my Father has sent me, so I send you. All authority, Jesus said, has been given to him. And he says, and again in John 20, he says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said to them, "Receive the Holy Spirit." We're gonna I'm gonna wrap this up here, guys. I'm gonna do one more scripture. I feel like we gotta we gotta land this somewhere, and I think the next scripture is the good landing landing zone. He has given you the Holy Spirit. He's given me His Holy Spirit. He's given you and me authority as as the father sent jesus jesus said now i am sending you therefore go and as you go matthew 10 as you go preach this message heaven's kingdom realm is accessible close enough to touch that's the passion translation for you other translations just say preach this message The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is at hand. It's right there in front of you, close enough to touch. So the passion says it's accessible. It's close enough to touch. It is yours to access. You must continually bring healing to lepers, and I would say any sickness, actually, but to lepers and to those who are sick. I guess it says it right there. And make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. This is the word of God, you guys. I have to wrestle with it just like you have to wrestle with it. I have to learn how to take this truth and have an interaction with God between he and myself, as I humbly present myself to him and say, God, teach me how to do this. Teach me how to walk in your authority. Teach me how to demonstrate as I preach the message to people everywhere I go, when I'm delivering mail and I see a coworker, when I walk into the post office tomorrow morning, teach me, Lord, how to take dominion over the atmosphere in that room, how to walk into that place and say, Jesus, I take authority over this room in Jesus' name, in your mighty name. I take authority and I release your peace here. I release your blessing. See, everything that heaven has, you have the ability to access it and release it as you grow in your authority. Remember, rebels, if we're, if we're rebels, we shouldn't expect to be able to exert much authority of the kingdom, Right? But as you present yourself to God, as you give yourself to him to be used by him and su- submitting yourself under his authority, under his rule and reign. See, so it all comes back to you and, and you and me and our willingness to say, Jesus, I want you to have your way in my life. I don't want to live in compromise. I don't want to have one foot in the world and dip in my toes and sin like the pool is it cool you know playing around in, in the deeds of darkness and then you know I don't want to be a hypocrite I don't want to live one way and put on a mask when I show up on a Sunday and just be an actor I want to live the same way in front of you guys on a Sunday that I live in front of my kids in my home my kids would probably be quick to tell you that yeah they could use some adjustments they're not perfect right kids mom and dad are not perfect but then neither are you, so there. <laughs> Why don't we stand up, guys? Why don't we stand up? We're going to make sure we have some time tonight to pray for one another. If anyone wants prayer for healing in your body uh, or if you just want encouragement, this is family. We're here to strengthen one another. I would, I would be devastated if in my own home that one of my kids was just super depressed and sad and I didn't recognize it and they never came to me and say, hey dad, I'm feeling really down about life or myself and I need you to just pray for me and encourage me. I would be like, oh my God, my my son, my daughter, I love you, God God is on your side, let me pray for you. You know, I, I would wanna do that for my own kids. And, and so even even more here in this place, we would never want anyone to come here and feel like you came and then you left and no one ever offered just to, to love on you, encourage you to, to, to give some strength. You know, we believe in, in impartation. That means, you know, freely I have received, freely you have received, freely we've received from God so we can freely give. Better catch that girl before she... <laughs> that was a pretty good catch there. That was awesome. Yeah. Yes yes, yeah, Bill Johnson's wife Benny has uh, she already had a total mastectomy a couple years ago because there were signs of tumors then, so she just went ahead and had the surgery, but now there's I guess three new tumors in her body, and that's all they they said, but they're they're asking for the body of Christ to pray we'll, we'll do that, but I want to take care of. We will take care of our house first, and then as a church, we can pray together. Maybe as we close in prayer, we can just lift up Benny Johnson, too. Um, let's do that. Let's, let's close, and then if we're done, you're free to go if you want to go. And if you want to stay and receive some prayer, then just come up to the front here. And if not, okay, you want to pray? Yeah.
1: Yes. Father, we just thank you that we were able to come together tonight, Father. God, I just pray that, God, we would learn to step into the authority that you've given us. God, no matter where we're at, God, we just thank you that we get to do the things that you've done and that you have given us authority. We just praise you, Father. We thank you. And tonight we do ask for Benny, Father, God, that you would just touch her body, we just command that cancer and those tumors to leave her body right now in jesus name we send them back to the pit of hell where they came from and we just say not in that household father not in that household and we just stand on your word we stand on your faithfulness god that you're going to do a miracle in her body god god we just lift their family up god we we know that there's um that they're not mourning in their home god that they are hopeful and god we just say Lift them. Give them more hope, Father God. And God, that they will come back with a diagnosis of nothing being there, God. God, we expect nothing less than a miracle. So just touch them tonight, Father. Just let them rest well. God, I just pray for our family here, Father God, that you would just um, touch everyone, God, that you would help everyone to have a great week, God, and that you would start showing everyone in this room, God, they have their authority father god just open their eyes father and help them to step into their destinies we just thank you we praise your mighty name